Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Monday, May 11th. We begin with a look ahead to this week at City Council. 770 CHQR City Hall reporter Aurelio Perry on the issues facing Council, including the impact the provincial reopening plan will have on local businesses. Next, we look at the processes being rolled out at businesses to operate during this time of pandemic. Global News senior correspondent Jeff Semple looks at surveillance techniques and contact tracing being used for the safety of employees and customers. As we look at loosening some restrictions from the coronavirus crisis this week in Alberta, similar parts of the world are doing the same. We get an update from the UK with radio personality and business owner Kenny James. Curbside pickup has become commonplace over the past few months. The Better Business Bureau has released some suggestions for both businesses and consumers to make the process as safe and effective as possible. And finally, it's allergy season. So how can you tell the difference between the symptoms of your seasonal allergies and the coronavirus? We get the answers from local pharmacist Agusha McGrath. 813 on the morning news from potential relief packages to support businesses with the provincial relaunch to a look at the possibility of temporary restaurant patios. I want to hear exactly what that means. We're joined by Aurelio Perry, 770 City Hall reporter. Good morning, Aurelio. Good morning, Andrew Sue. Well, let's look at this uh, from the business perspective of what the city is doing to help those businesses, what the talks are, because uh, we don't even know exactly what things will look like on the 14th. Yeah, we still don't know, like, will Calgary have different restrictions than some other areas of the province? Uh, Premier Kenny last week suggested that if places are hot spots, there could be uh, some different uh, rules uh, to say about how the relaxation occurs in one area compared to another. So Council today is dealing with uh, a number of issues they dealt with uh, earlier at their last meeting a couple of weeks ago and they flushed out some details on uh, what kind of package to the taxi limousine people also they'll get an update on the you know capital projects some shovel ready projects should some stimulus funding be made available by the province or the feds they'll have a list of projects they can start right away then they're going to offer some uh, support to community associations who you know they've had their buildings shut down so they can't rent them out so they're losing revenue but they still have to pay their rents utilities insurance that type of thing as well as you mentioned the uh, a relief package to support temporary patios this is basically allowing uh businesses to if they've got a patio or something they can extend out onto the uh, public property to extend their patios so in the wake of uh, some relaxation you know you can social distance a bit better if you've got more room on the patio and you can use public space like a, a bit of a sidewalk because again traffic has gone down quite a bit the important thing is that at stage three uh, this part of the temporary patios legislation would uh, disappear. Okay, so it looks like at this point, as I hear you talking, that a lot that's on the agenda today is really about, you know, relief and, and briefing and talking to businesses about what, you know, they might need to help them going forward. Yeah, there's a lot of, the uh, you know, there are, they brought out a number of issues to council two weeks ago, and they've said, they've sort of flushed out saying, we like this, this, what can you do a bit more for the cabbie? So part of the thing is, is that the driver waiving the fees for the driver license program is something like $312. That's disappearing. The community associations are in line for $6 million. And nonprofit organizations, there's a looking at developing a package of $15 million for these nonprofits. It's a, also a busy week at 
council because we also have a community services meeting on Wednesday, and they're actually going to discuss, um, it seems like a long time ago, but they're going to draft the bylaw to ban conversion therapy. So that bylaw is coming forward on Wednesday that will be discussed at community services. Um, Some people may wonder, well, why are you doing this since the federal government announced they're actually going to do something? But the city is going to look at it from the you know, the authority they have under business licensing, those types of things. One of the penalties they've put in there is $10,000, and they believe that other court challenges in the U.S., the courts have upheld these uh, bylaws banning conversion therapy. Sounds like a busy week ahead. The pandemic has, uh, you know, a lot of uh, differences, a lot of different things happening, but uh, work goes on at City Hall. Thanks for your time, Aurelio. No problem. That is Aurelio Perry, 770 CHQR City Hall reporter. It's 817. Time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Enjoy established amenities, recreation facilities, and the leading school districts. 619 now on your Monday morning. And as provinces begin reopening their economies, Canadians who've been sheltering at home for weeks now face the prospect of going back to work. But if you're heading back to the office... Could it be the same as when you left? Companies are busy putting in a wide range of technologies and protective measures to help keep staff and customers safe. At what cost, though? Jeff Semple is here to join us. He, of course, senior correspondent for Global News. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Sue. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. What kind of protective measures are we talking about here that employers are putting in place? Yeah, a whole range of measures, depending on the company, of course. And some of them, you know, you might expect. We're seeing employees, again, depending on the business, required to wear masks, uh, obviously required to keep your distance regardless of the business. Uh, but we're seeing some employers go much further than that. So, you know, one of the popular items, it seems, that is being installed um, these days is thermal imaging cameras installed at the entrance of businesses. Now, these cameras, like you sometimes see in hospital environments, scan each person as they come in uh, looking for a fever. So mm. if you test positive or if you have a fever, and you know, we were out this morning at um, the uh, Toyota manufacturing plant in southwestern Ontario. They've reopened their doors for the first time in a couple of months. They've got one of these cameras set up. And if you hit a uh, temperature of more than 37.2 degrees, you're flagged. They'll take your temperature again. And if you've got a fever, you're not allowed to come in. If you are allowed to come in to that auto manufacturing plant, you'll find the production lines separated by these large pieces of plexiglass. Also plexiglass in between tables in the cafeteria where people go to have their lunch. Um, so, you know, a lot of protective measures. And in some cases, we're seeing new technology being deployed as well in a way that we haven't seen before, Sue. And we're talking about these smartphone apps that can do contact tracing. So, you know, contact tracing traditionally involves, you know, someone sick. And so you give them, get them to provide you a list of their contacts Mm. that they've had recently. You call them up on the phone one by one. This work has been done for a long time by health workers and volunteers. It's labor intensive though, right? Especially with the numbers we're seeing with COVID-19. So now, as they say, there is an app for that. And a lot of companies are asking their employees and telling their employees to download it. Uh, I'm wondering what the reaction has been like, Jeff, because I know some businesses are uh, reopened uh, using this technology. What are employees saying at this point? 
Yeah, we've got uh, we've heard some uneasiness from employees, most of whom aren't you know keen to talk about this on the record for fear of angering their employer. But uh, you know, certainly some privacy concerns about the fact that you know the possibility that their employer can track their location, uh, and we've seen this you know nationally as well. More than governments in more than twenty five countries have deployed these apps now that you know hoping to track people's locations so they can track their contacts if they become sick. And, you know, most of these apps use the GPS locator on your smartphone. So it allows your employer to, you know, these apps will stress that this data is anonymous, but it allows the employer to basically see where people are at any given time. Uh, it, you know, for example, if employees were violating um, social distancing rules, an app could say, oh, no, there are more than five of you in this one room, uh, for example, or you're too close together. We can see on the map that you're too close together and, and notify them to stand further apart. Uh, but, you know, we talked to an employment lawyer um, about this who said, you know, it's also conceivable this technology could be effectively repurposed and used in other ways, uh, you know, for an employer to say, look, you know, we saw that you were spending way too much time away from your desk, for example, and you're chatting to the, your coworker Ooh. over here for an hour, right? So concern about but the possibility of a bit of a Trojan horse in some of this. Uh, and an employee has a right to ask you to download this app to get you to download it on your phone. It has to be switched off outside of work hours, but uh, from according to the employment lawyer we talked to, they're well within your rights to ask you to download something like this. Isn't that going to be interesting to see how that plays out for sure? We'll be watching it. Have you downloaded it on your phone so far, Jeff? <laughs> I haven't. I'm hoping our <laughs> boss doesn't don't get any ideas, honestly. Same uh, here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sue. Take care. That's Jeff Semple, Senior Correspondent for Global News. 6.09 on the morning news. As we look at loosening some restrictions this week in Alberta, similar parts of the world are doing the same, including the U.K. We are joined this morning by radio personality and business owner in the U.K., Kenny James. Good morning to you, Kenny. Morning, Andrew. So, so where exactly are you located in the U.K., Kenny? In the northwest, so uh, in between Liverpool and Manchester. Okay, so I understand that some easing is happening. Can you tell us uh, what's going on right now? Yeah, we're easing our lockdown conditions, uh, much like you guys. Prime Minister Boris Johnson made a statement last night that people who can't work from home should start to go back to work from today, as long as they can travel back and forth in safety. Uh, it's caused some confusion with people not knowing whether their workplaces are ready for them or not. Um, people that aren't working, about 7 million of them in the UK, have been getting 80% of their salary paid by the government. Uh, and there's an expectation that's going to be reduced to 60% going forward. So people in a bit of a state of flux, really, to work out exactly whether they should be going back to work or not and whether they think it's safe to do so. Kenny, same deal here. It seems to be a lot of confusion as we look towards uh, easing restrictions in Alberta as well. You are not just a radio personality, but a business owner. What's your business and, and how are you feeling as, as you move towards opening things up? Well, we've been mostly closed completely, Sue, because we're in the, the hotels business. So um, we've been closed totally uh, in the for the past eight weeks. So we're getting together really now to put our thoughts as to how we'll reopen and when, because Prime Minister haven't said yet when hospitality companies and businesses will reopen in the UK. And we probably feel we'll be the last to reopen, bearing in mind the, the type of venues we have and very people-centric. So we're, we're at the moment sitting and waiting like a lot of other people. Kenny, we're hearing from a lot of people. You talk to your family and friends, maybe talking to co-workers that even though restrictions are, are eased somewhat, 
that they're going to continue to uh, socially distance and uh, there might be some trepidation to even get back to normal. Are you hearing that in the UK as well? Yeah, people are worried about, we have a two-meter a two meter rule over here that we should stay two meters apart. Um, and a lot of people are saying, if we're going back to work and we have to use the train or the bus, how can we do that with mm-hmm. a two-meter distancing? But when we're in work, a lot of workspaces don't have the, the uh, ability and the shape to do that kind of thing. So people are worried about going back to work and the potential outcomes of that and how they'll be able to really have enough personal protective equipment, what will they be able to do when they get back there? And, and workplaces, some simply aren't set up for that. Yeah, I mean, the numbers in the UK, what, uh, over 216,000 cases total, 6,000 reported late last week. So uh, how are people feeling? How do you feel? Do you Are you comfortable going out even with that two-meter distance? Uh, I am personally. Uh, a lot of us aren't, though, Sue. Um, there were 31,855 confirmed deaths in the UK now. Uh, that was on yesterday's figures. Uh, although yesterday, the number of new deaths were only 269, which is, is low compared to the way it's been going. It's been going down gradually. But the weekend always show a low rate because of how the figures came, come in. So we may get a big jump in t- when the figures are reported tonight. Um, but... Some people are very, still very worried and, and are concerned about going back to work. Others just can't wait for it to be over, to be honest, and get the chance to get back out there again. When you say others can't wait, I know, I know that over the weekend here in Calgary, uh, for example, there was a, a protest, not a very large protest, but a protest with signs saying reopen now. Um, you know, it's time, time to end this. Uh, are you seeing people protesting uh, for one side or the other? Because uh, uh, here, again, people have been a little on the vocal side. Yeah, not on the streets per se, Andrew, but a lot of social media, and it's growing. And, and the government sensed that. I think Prime Minister Boris Johnson senses that the feeling is now that we need to be doing something and showing some sort of plan for the route forward, which we hadn't heard anything of until last night. We're going to get some more details on Wednesday over here as to a bit more, put a bit more meat to the bones. But, uh, but yeah, people are getting vocal on, on social media, not so much on the street, but the, the, the unrest is starting to swell, if you know what I mean. Kenny, I'm sorry, did you mention schools? What's the, what's the situation with schools and when they're re- supposed to reopen in the UK? They mentioned last night, Sue, that, uh, that the schools will start to reopen. Uh, we've got a half term here, uh, what would be a half term, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so getting the nursery schools go back first uh, and, the, and the older uh, people who would be doing exams normally this time of year, get those two in first and then maybe wait till after the traditional summer holiday, which would be September time, to get the, the bulk of people going back to school as they would normally. I'm wondering if you've seen any shortages uh, in uh, the region you're in as far as uh, those essentials. Uh, here in Alberta, it seems like it's uh, business as usual. We can get what we want at the grocery store. Any, any issues there in the UK? When it was first announced, Andrew, yeah, we had uh, toilet rolls with a big one. Then everyone was stocking up on, so there were, there were a big shortage on toilet rolls. But now, no, we're back to use, back to normal. The, the, the queues to get into some of the supermarkets because we have to socially distance, letting people in and out. But generally, there's no shortage of any any kind of food or, or you know, medicines or healthcare or you know, detergents and things. Everything's back to normal. Well, you guys, it looks like you may be uh, opening up a somewhat similar to us, but on a, a grander scale. Any words of advice for us here in Canada as we get prepared? 
I, I think we've just got to be positive, haven't we, Sue, really? Yeah. Uh, look forward and, you know, be, be sensible. You know, it, uh, what Boris said last night, we had a, obviously a lockdown, stay-at-home phase, and he's now, he's now brought into a stay-alert phase. So when you're going back out, just be more alert, uh, have common sense, which most people have. Most people have been sensible about it. Give yourself the distance and, and just try and gradually get to some sort of new normality. I believe on your social media I read something about pubs. Is is that one of the things you're gonna you've been missing the most, and one of the things you're interested in uh, getting back into is uh, hoisting a pint with a friend? Absolutely, because uh, we own some of them as well. <laughs> there you have it. And, and, and interest on both sides. So, yeah, I'd love to be singing a few pints with some friends, but I'd love to be selling them too. <laughs> well, we wish you luck. We'll be watching what happens in the UK, as I'm sure you'll be watching what happens in Canada. We'll check in with you again, Kenny. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. That's Kenny James, radio personality and business owner in the UK. I'm glad he did the full disclosure there, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What well, you know, it just goes to show that we're in the same boat. There is some trepidation. There is, uh, you know, some worry not only on the side of businesses that want their employees to be safe and want to do things right. You don't want to, you know, call back all these employees only to see another wave and send them back home. Yeah, especially, you know, so so many people have being, been being so careful through this, right? You know, with the, the hand washing and just everything, really trying to keep the distance and, and make sure that they don't get sick and their loved ones don't. So you just, you know, I know we need to get this economy moving again here in Canada and around the world, but it it is, it's it's scary. It's scary for a lot of people and people are, are worried and, and watching other countries to see, you know, how it might work as the opening starts to begin. As the opening starts to begin here and uh, later this week, uh, we'll see how mm-hmm. uh, things are going, and I know that AHS will be monitoring it uh, big time as yep. well. It is 617, helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Our main streets highlight 20-foot sidewalks and integrated bike paths. Curbside pickup has allowed local businesses to remain open throughout this pandemic. The Better Business Bureau has put together a list of tricks and tips to enhance curbside service for businesses. We are joined by communications specialist with BBB serving Southern Alberta and East Kootenai, Shauna K. Thomas. Good morning, Shauna. Good morning, Swin Andrew. Good to be here. Shauna K., what are some of the things we should be thinking about when it comes to curbside pickup? So with curbside pickup, we know that people have been home for a few weeks and they want to start getting out now and making those connections. And businesses have this great opportunity to make new connections as well as to improve the old ones that they have. Um, So providing great experience and customer service is one of the main things you want to be focusing on so that you can stand out at this time. Um, Make your ordering hassle-free. Make your employees know what's happening and also think about them in the customer service experience as well so they're going to be outside so you want to make sure that you're um, considering if it's going to rain if it's going to be too hot you make provisions for your staff oh um, don't go ahead also you also you want to be living living your brand values so people should know what you're about the moment they start interacting with you online if you're about quality they should see that in the ordering process as well as when they come to pick up if you're about diversity they should also see that so just live your values Shanake, I would think too in this time, obviously we need to be thinking about hygiene policies and making sure that, you know, not only are the workers safe, but the people who are coming to pick up whatever is being delivered curbside. Correct. Hygiene, very, very important at this time. So if you didn't have one in place as yet, now is a perfect time to make sure that you have it if you're going to be having curbside pickup or even if you're going to be allowing people to come into your facility. Um, so your plan for disinfecting after each interaction is very important and make sure that your staff is aware of it as well as let your 
customers know what you're doing to protect your staff and to protect them. The protection is a good part of it, obviously, Shauna Kay, but I would think that I've been on a, a bunch of websites over the past uh, couple of months here, and some folks aren't really clear. They don't keep it up to date. How important is it on the website to detail that you are open and do provide curbside pickup? Yes, that's very important. Shopping online has been the thing for mm-hmm. the past you know, few years and even more so during this pandemic. So people are going online and you don't want to frustrate them when they go there and they can't see your location, mm-hmm. your opening hours, what you have available. Make sure it's up to date. If something is out of stock, pull it down. And when it's there, you put it back up. You don't want to be frustrating anybody at this time. And, and if you're taking um, orders over the phone as well, it's important that your staff know what's in stock, how they can check your inventory. So they're giving people who are calling in the correct information. And I would imagine, you know, it's a different time, obviously. There are worries, people especially coming to do a pickup. So is there special training maybe that's involved for employees in a time like this? There is special training that BBB recommends, and it's it's from every step. It's from the moment you get that call to the de- the, the pickup or the delivery of um, what is what is being ordered. So make sure your your staff knows who is answering the phone, who is checking the online orders, who is verifying that items are in stock, as well as um, communicating to people how the process will flow when they come in to pick up their orders. You, you must have proper signage. Where do they park? Um, where do they drive to get the pickup? Will the employee be handing them the, 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 the package directly or will they be putting it in the trunk of their car? What exactly should be expected? And we suggest that maybe you can have a low-power radio system set up so while people are waiting, um, they're hearing what's going to be happening and that also can help to minimize the the wait time in their mind because they're distracted by what they're they're being told over the radio. Curbside pickup obviously helps with social distancing, no question there. But I also I find it very convenient and it's quick. Shauna Kay, do you think there's a chance that we might see curbside pickup something that lasts beyond the, the pandemic? I definitely think it will last beyond the pandemic. Um, it's becoming the thing. And that's why it's even more important that um, businesses who are doing this are making sure that they are creating that experience and building those relationships with consumers so that they can have them for now and into the future. It's going to be the thing. Great tips and tricks, bbb.org. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. That's Shauna K. Thomas, communications specialist with the BBB, serving Southern Alberta and East Kootenai. Time now for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman, Calgary's last and best master plan community inside the Stony Trail Ring Road. 7.50 now, and allergy season is underway in Calgary. And with the start of this year's pollen season coinciding with COVID-19, pharmacists are now offering guidance about the difference between seasonal allergy symptoms and those that might be caused by, say, a viral infection. We're joined to further the discussion by Calgary-based pharmacist Agusha McGrath. Hi, Agusha. Hey, how are you doing this morning? Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. So I would imagine there are a lot of people with uh, allergies that would just like to wear a sign that says, I have allergies, not coronavirus. Yes, I definitely think that this year with the sneezing and uh, some sneezing and uh, sneezing happening with allergy symptoms, people are getting funny looks when they go out. So how do we know what the difference is between the symptoms that we have for one thing versus the other? So, I mean, there's a wide variety of symptoms that have been reported in connection with coronavirus, but the two most common ones are a high fever and a cough, while season allergies do not have a fever associated with them. And unless you have like an underlying 
conditions such as asthma, you won't get shortness of breath uh, with seasonal allergies. So that's the most important differentiator between the two. So, Agusha, if I know that this week in May or this time of the year, I get my seasonal allergies and they come on again, there's no need to race out for a COVID test? Well, that's another very good point. If you have symptoms that have been recurring and you're familiar with them, correct. It's more likely to be seasonal allergies as long as uh, there's no fever present. Agusha, one other sort of related question. You know, there's been a recent survey that said 54% of allergy sufferers here in Alberta are not taking allergy medications properly. What, what is the right way to do that? So what that means is that this year we're trying to um, make sure that allergy sufferers are being proactive in their approach of managing their condition. So we want them to start taking their medications before they experience symptoms so that the medication is in their body uh, for enough time to start working more effectively. So with allergy management, there's a whole host of different options that patients can use. It's either medications such as antihistamines, decongestants, we have nasal sprays, we have um, nasal rinses, eye drops, and it can be a combination of those that patients need to use to get the best results. And so we want patients to speak to their pharmacists, have an a good understanding what options are available to them and start utilizing those medications. Thank you so much for your information. We appreciate it, Agusha. Oh, thank you very much for your time, Andrew. That is Calgary-based pharmacist Agusha McGrath.